This is the Hidden Wire podcast, episode 980, my interview with Rich Diviny, and we're discussing his book, The Attributes. It's a great show, guys. Enjoy. G'day, Rich. Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. Great to have you here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So It's awesome. Mate, um, yeah, looking forward to this conversation. Uh, you've got a new book out, or well, launched in January anyway. It looks like it's having great success too, and I can probably imagine why. It's It's got a lot of really cool stuff in there that's relevant for for most people but um mate before we get into that tell us a bit about yourself you're a navy seal commander is that right yeah well former yeah i was a former I was a seal I, I joined the seal teams back in 1996 and um okay. you know graduated college and went to seal training and was was a seal for just over 20 years and retired at the end of 2016 and have since been in the kind of leadership, uh, human performance, you know, high-performing team space and um, was able to write this book and having a great time. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your career in, in, as a Navy SEAL. I mean, whenever I hear, you know, Navy SEALs, I just think it's, it's extreme conditions, really hardcore training and just these mega superhumans. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly yes to the first part or first two parts. <laughs> it's extreme <laughs> training and hard conditions, but I think what what fascinated me about being in the SEAL teams, uh, especially going through training, which is which is known and, and really is some of the toughest tra- training in the world, is that is that the guys who end up making it through, and it's a very small percentage, it's about a ninety percent attrition rate, which means only about ten percent make it wow. make it through the training. And um, and I remember finishing that training, and I you know I grew up an average kid. I mean, I was an average student, an average athlete. You know, nothing, nothing really special. Yeah. Uh, and I remember looking around at the guys around me, and I, of course, I thought I was surrounded by superheroes. Um, and then I started getting to know these guys and, and realized they they thought the same thing. They thought they were surrounded by superheroes, and we were all really just um, regular guys who were were able to capitalize on some some inherent qualities and. Um, and and push through and be able to conduct you know uh, survive and make it through the training and then and then serve in that role. So so I learned uh, very quickly that it's about um, kind of digging in deep and understanding your own self, and um, and that's how we show up, especially when things get challenging and uncertain. And and of course mm. my career was very kinetic because you know we lived through 9/11 and and went to Iraq and Afghanistan many many times and. Um, and so I was able to learn a lot and and make a, make a, some great friends. I, I was it was I was I'm very grateful to have had the career I did. I'm grateful it's over because <laughs> it was it was rough on the family. But um, but I'm grateful to have experienced it and learned learned everything I learned. What did you find when you when you joined um, some of the maybe um, major obstacles for you? Well, I mean, there were certainly physical obstacles. I mean, I wasn't a very good runner. Um, I had to. I was an okay swimmer, um, but. Hmm. But I think um, I think what what happens when you join when when you go through that type of tough training is that the the obstacles that exist in your mind you know most of us would say we have obstacles in our head saying we can't do this or 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 are casting doubt and and when you go through that training and you realize that you're you can do it you kind of realize hey I have it in me um, many of those obstacles begin to disappear and even if they don't disappear I think what I learned the most was that obstacles can um, be overcome. I mean, you can, you know, whatever the obstacle is, I think that you're, you're going to, if you, if you, if you take a deliberate approach and, and, and just kind of look at the problem, 
you're going to figure it out. And I think that's really what, what true confidence is. And I think you go through that training and you, you have a career like that. And, you, and one of the greatest gifts is you have true confidence. What that means is that you are really sure and certain that no matter where the environment goes or, or, or how it goes, you will figure it out. And it might not be pretty, you know, mind you. I mean, it might, it might be ugly, dirty, and tough, and rough, and all that stuff, but, mm. but you'll, you'll still figure it out. And I think that's that's true confidence. And I, I believe that's really one of the greatest gifts that I got, and certainly... Um, so that's what they get you to through the training, is that true confidence? I do. I think I think that's one of the main things you get out of that, because again, the, 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 the job is inherently... Um, unpredictable, uncertain, tough, uh, and and it's all about throwing yourself into uh, you know challenging environments and 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 getting it done really. And I think that's yeah. what the training gives you. Yeah, well, it's well explained. And you became a, a trainer yourself, didn't you, in your career? I did, I did, and that's really when I really got to take a, a look at the other side of it, right? Because when you're when you're going through it, you're just going through the misery, right? But when you're running it, you get to understand what the what the reasoning behind the misery is <clears throat> and that's that's really what 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 fascinated me is is kind of exploring that facet of it and kind of looking at human behavior from the elemental aspect and asking the question okay what is it what what are those things what does it take you know what are those things that that it takes to kind of get through here and and that was really really fun and fascinating for me and and really the impetus of what ended up being the book so yeah nice and a lot of that you know, um, it says in your book blurb as well, but it transfers to the real world. You know, there's people out there that have this uh, this confidence, I guess, this true confidence, and they go on to succeed greatly. And then there's other people out there that you would think that could do very well, but they don't. Um, so I guess your book would really help anyone um, discover those those driven motivators to um, help us get to that true confidence and perform better at whatever we want to do. That's absolutely right, and and really, what it what I'm what it really is is about what I'm fascinated with, which is elemental human behavior, uh, the elemental human. So we we always hear this this mantra that you know it's it's during times of stress and challenge and and pain and uncertainty when the true us shows up, right? Well, I'm I've always been fascinated with okay, what is the true us? I mean, how do you mm. find that? Um, because I believe that we are all kind of, I mean, if we use a, an automobile analogy, we're all automobiles, right? But some of us are Jeeps and some of us are Ferraris and some of us are SUVs. And, and there's no judgment around that. It's just, you know, it, it's just because the, because the Jeep can do things the Ferrari can't do and the Ferrari can do things the Jeep can't do. So, so the key is let's, let's lift our hoods and figure out what type of engine we are because we may be a Jeep trying to run on a Ferrari track or a Ferrari trying to run on a Jeep track. Um, and even if, if we find that out and that's still our choice, hey, I am a Jeep and I still want to run on this Ferrari track, understanding kind of the elemental us will allow us to then know what we have to work on, what we have to add, what we have to tweak so that we may perform optimally. And so, um, and so the attributes is, was one of the first places to start these, these innate inherent qualities and where we, how we show up and, and to what levels we have each of these attributes really starts to explain our behaviors, uh, all the time, but especially in times of challenge and certainty and stress. Okay. And you're talking about are there 25 hidden attributes. That's right. Yeah. So, well, there's more than there's more than twenty five. Okay. Know, the These are this, the twenty five you've selected. Yeah, it's a good start, I would say. <laughs> so, have you have you researched this? Like, other than you know observing it and doing it through what you've gone through as far as your training and career goes. Um, yeah. I, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you're right. Oh yeah. I, no, I, I mean, I did. I researched it in terms of um, what each attribute meant, and and certainly why 
what are some of the motivation motivating um, um, aspects of each attribute because because it's backed in neuroscience right some of these things are just they they're how our brain and system approaches the world right and 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 there's there are reward systems involved in something like courage or um, or all the mental acuity attributes there's there's neurotransmitters and and things going on that that are rewarding us or even even you know humility or even narcissism we're getting rewards or, or humor and so so I wanted to make sure that as I explained these attributes I gave it a um, a uh, an overview and kind of a well even a, kind of buttressed it with with some of the science so that people kind of understood where these come from and why they exist and why they they show up in us uh, either either at high levels or at lower levels okay so you're saying that the the attributes they're, they're all innate are they or are they what we can learn right so so what i do is i you know i i had to in and this was kind of the what i realized in training and and then kind of put into the book i had to separate uh and 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 distinguish the difference between skill and attributes right and and the reason is because you know and i kind of i kind of joke when you go through seal training you spend hundreds of hours running around with heavy boats on your head you spend hundreds of hours exercising with 300 pound telephone poles and running around with those things on your shoulder and freezing in the surf zone and things. And when I look back at my career, I mean, I, I did hundreds of combat missions overseas, and I did thousands of training evolutions, and never on one did I ever carry a telephone pole on my shoulder or a boat on my head, right? So, And so what I, what, what I realize is that when they do that to you during SEAL training, they're not training you in the skills to be a Navy SEAL. What they're doing is they're putting you into a situation, into, a, into an experience to tease out these innate qualities, these attributes, to see if you have what it takes to do the job. Not if you can do the job, but if you have okay. the skills to do the job, if you have what it takes. And so, so to separate skills and attributes, you know, it's, they get conflated, and so you have to kind of distinguish them. And the way you distinguish them is this. Skills are not inherent to our nature, right? We're not born with the ability to ride a bike or throw a ball or shoot a gun, right? <clears throat> We're, we learn those things. We can be taught those things. They also direct our behavior in known and specific and you know situations right so here's how and when to ride a bike here's how and when to throw a ball or shoot a gun and then because they're visible and and kind of kind of tangible like that they're very easy to assess measure and test you can see how well anybody does any one of those things okay um the problem with skills is they don't tell us how we're going to show up when the environment becomes challenging and uncertain and stressful right because you can't or it's very difficult if not impossible to apply a known skill to an unknown environment, okay? And this is where we start to lean on our attributes. Our attributes are innate, okay? All of us are born with levels of patience and situational awareness and adaptability and resilience. Now, they certainly develop, you know, environment and experience helps develop those over time, but you can see levels of these things in small children. Any of us parents will will tell anybody that you can look at a two-year-old or a -a one-and-a-half-year-old and say, that kid is patient and that other kid is not, right? I mean, so you can see some of these, you can see these attributes in small children. Um, attributes also inform our behavior rather than direct our behavior. So in other words, our levels, our children's levels of resilience and perseverance will inform the way they show up when they're learning how to ride a bike and they're falling off a dozen, a dozen times or so doing, doing it. Um, and because they're hidden in the background, they're very hard to assess, measure, and test. You can't, for example, when you're hiring someone, sit, sit across from the table in an interview process and assess how adaptable they are or how resilient they are. Right, they these attributes show up the most visibly and viscerally during times of challenge and certainty and stress, which made the which made the laboratory that I had with SEAL training such a great one because it's all about challenge and certainty and stress. But 
when we take it to regular human life, if we want to understand how we behave, then we need to understand which attributes we have more or less of. And, and so the good news here uh. is that all of us have all of the attributes, right? Mm. The difference in each one of us are the levels to which we have each. So for example, um, if I'm if I'm high on adaptability and high is maybe high is, is level 10 and low is level one, right? Yeah. If I'm a level eight on adaptability, what that means is that when the environment changes around me outside of my control, it's fairly easy for me to go with the flow and roll with it, right? It's not that hard. Someone else might be a level three on adaptability, which means when the environment changes around them outside their control, it's pretty difficult for them to go with the flow. It's a hard thing to do. Again, there's no judgment on how we show up yeah. with these attributes because it, it'd be like judging our hair color. It just is what it is. But, but you can develop attributes. You just can't do it the same way you learn a skill. Gotcha. What about talent? Is talent an attribute pretty much the same thing? I, I, would, I would define talent as a kind of a dynamic dance between attributes and skills, <laughs> right? So, I mean, right. so, I mean the, the, real, the talented sport, uh, athlete, for example, is not only great at the skill of shooting a free throw, right, which is a skill, but they also have the attributes of adaptability, of situational awareness, okay. of yeah, all these well. things. So, hmm. so I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's a dance between both. I like that, the dance between both. So, um, yeah, that's really good news because, um, and well explained too. So we ha- all have these innate attributes that we can just bring to the forefront um, through, I guess, certain training um, and, and yeah. practice. Experience, yeah. Yeah, experience. Yeah. And, so, so, and just quick, quick, quick caveat because yeah. to develop an attribute, it, it, you can't, a quick back of the envelope test on, on whether or not it's an attribute or a skill is to ask yourself, can it be trained or can it be taught or can I teach it? If the answer is yes, it's likely a skill. If the answer is no, it's likely an attribute, which means if you said, hey, Rich, I want to go to the range and I want to learn how to shoot a gun um, and hit a bullseye every time. Well, I could take you to the range and within a couple hours teach you how to do that. That's a skill, right? But yeah. if you said, hey, Rich, I want to learn how to be more patient, I can't teach you how to do that, right? So so to develop an attribute takes self-motivation, self-direction, and then it takes a willingness for, for that person, that individual, to then place themselves into discomfort, into environments of discomfort where they develop and tease that attribute out, right? So so if someone wants to work on their patience, for example, they will have to, you know, I don't know, go find the, you know, go to the store and find the longest checkout line and wait in that one or go or, or deliberately drive in traffic. I don't know what it is, but you have to deliberately step into that. So it's it's to develop an attribute, it's on oneself. No one can teach you an attribute. Okay. Yeah. So you have to actually go put yourself in an experience where it teases out that that attribute. Yeah, mm. that's correct. And do it as often as you can, I guess. I'm, I'm right. quite quite impatient, so that's um, <laughs> something that would be good for me, like playing golf. Right, right. Um, cool. So can you, I know they're all in the book, but can you give us um, the 25 attributes and, and then maybe we can pick a few to just sort of delve into a bit? Yeah, I sure can. Well, so, so I, I bin them into five categories um, uh-huh. because they kind of they clumped that way while I was writing the book. They seemed to clump that way. So the first category is grit, right? So what are the, the attributes that make up grit? A lot of people think of grit as it, it's its own attribute, but it's it's really not. Grit is a combination of things. Yeah. And the attributes that make up grit are courage, perseverance, adaptability, and resiliency, right? So that's category one. Category two are the mental acuity attributes. The mental, you know, mental acuity attributes, these are the attributes, this is kind of how we observe and process and absorb the world, how our brain and body does that, right? So so the, the, the four mental acuity attributes are situational awareness, compartmentalization, task switching, and then learnability. 
Um, and then there's the, the third category, the drive category, the drive attributes. Drive uh, is really how describes the, the ability to kind of set, pursue, and achieve long-term goals, all right? And the attributes that, that contribute to drive are self-efficacy, discipline, open-mindedness, cunning, and narcissism, believe it or not. We can talk about that one later if you want. Um, then the other, the next category is leadership. So what are the attributes that make up great leaders? You know, again, leadership is not, people conflate being in charge of being a leader. They're not the same thing. One's a noun and one's a verb. Um, leadership is a behavior and, and, and you don't get to call yourself a leader, by the way. That's like calling yourself good looking or funny, right? Other people decide that, not you. And they decide that based <laughs> on behaviors. All right. So the, so the attributes that lead, the attributes that cause the behaviors that lead someone to, to designate people leaders are empathy, selflessness, authenticity, decisiveness, and accountability. Um, and then the fifth category are team ability. So what are the attributes that make up great teammates, you know, to, you know, and, and, and the ability to work on teams? Because again, we also don't get to call ourselves great teammates. Other people do that, right? So, so the behaviors that lead to that, the attributes are integrity, conscientiousness, humility, humor. Um, and then, and then I have three more that I kind of binned, I put, put off to the side cause I didn't kind of clump properly. Um, and we can talk about those if we want to, but those are patience and impatience, competitiveness and non-competitiveness, and then fear of rejection versus insouciance to what people think. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a pretty dense book, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. How many pages is the book? Well, I, got, I kept it down to about 250, I think. Oh, uh, done well. Something, yeah, something around there. So. How big was it when you, um, before you edited it? Well, it wasn't too bad because I tried to keep it pretty simple, right? So I, just, I basically the, I set it up so that I'm describing the concepts and then I'm going through each attribute and describing each attribute. So uh, there were certainly lanes that I deliberately didn't go down because it would have turned it into a, you know, a thousand-page book. So, um, mm. so I had to be careful, but I didn't want to... I don't want to have to write a bunch of stuff and then throw it away. So, uh, <laughs> so I was careful. You've, you've done well. So with your um, training, and again, you can't teach these, but how do you go about helping people improve these attributes if you can't be taught them? Well, the first, uh, the first clue or the first step is to figure out where you stand on each of the attributes. So if you were to imagine... Uh, each attribute being represented by a dimmer switch on a wall, right? So you have mm. a, say, you have a line of 25 dimmer switches, and then your levels of each attribute is set to whatever uh, level each one is. That line would be obviously jagged, but it'd be different for each one of us. And so, so the first step is to figure out where you stand. And then the next thing is to ask yourself, all right, based on the context of my own life and where I where I am going or where I want to go or, or where I where I am in the moment. What are those attributes that that I that I'm glad I have a lot of that are working for me because I have a lot of them. I have a, I have a preponderance of them. Or um, what are the attributes that I'm low on? And if I did develop this, it would actually help me in the context of my goal. So so take take you for example. I know you're you're obvious that you're a parent as am I. You know, yeah. if we if we as parents are inherently impatient, right? We 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 quite rapidly learn along the way that that developing our patience is going to help us in parenting, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, hmm. um, so 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 one might say, okay, I want to develop my patience, and then would would seek to try to develop that patient those patients. So so the key is you don't have to just because you're low on an attribute doesn't mean you have to develop that attribute. It really depends on your 
What do you want? Context of, yeah, your context. What do you want to achieve? Mean, the hmm. Yeah, the stand-up comic, for example, has very little use for any of the leadership attributes. I would say, right? I mean, like empathy. I mean, in fact, too much empathy for a stand-up comic would probably be detrimental to one's career because how are you supposed to find funny at a funeral if you're <laughs> if you're too empathetic, right? So, yeah. So so sometimes having a little bit lower on some are actually congruent with where you want to go. But um, but yeah, figure out where you stand, then then put it index it, uh, you know, against your life and, and the context of your life and where you want to go and your goals. And then ask yourself, okay, what are the ones that if I develop, it'll actually help me. Okay. Do you help people identify those ones like, you know, related to their, their career path or, or, you know, life choice where they want to head? Do you well, help I them do say, well, I, these ones are, are probably more important for you and these ones maybe not so much. So let's focus on these. Yeah, I do a lot of work with organizations. I don't do a lot of work with individuals, but I've solved that problem because on the website, uh, we've developed a, a, an assessment tool. So if you go on the website and it's for free, you can take an assessment on the grit attributes, the mental acuity attributes, and the drive attributes and get a score and see where you stand on those. Huh. Um, and the, the idea is, I mean, I would definitely recommend trying to read the book. What's the website? The website is theattributes.com. Yep. And there's yeah. a test there. Awesome. And, you, and you can take it. Yeah, you can take a test there. And it, you know, again, if you can read the if you read the book first and then take the test, you'll you'll come into it with a little bit more background. But you can, you don't have to do that. You can go take the test. And then when you do take the test, the idea is when you do take that, make sure you think deeply about it as you take it. It's really supposed to be very self reflective. And then when you get your scores, um, understand that the scores are going to come back. We to, to to get the data that we had to get, we had to we basically went out to a thousand plus people around the world and got their data and so when you get your score back just the audience needs to recognize that that's a that's a score that's compared to a thousand other people right so so it may not necessarily be as accurate as you want it to be the idea is to look at each score and say okay what does that mean does that mean something to me how does that feel for me when i think about how i show up in Hmm. times of stress challenge and uncertainty so so the idea is the process is supposed to be self-reflective um because that's really the best way to kind of figure this stuff out yeah so you say the attributes show up in in you know in, in stressful situations or uncomfortable environments. Um, so that's the best way to test, you know, I guess what attributes we're we're lacking and what we're perhaps needing. Well, that, that is the best. I mean, they're 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 constantly they're they show up all the time. I mean, they're mm. constantly driving our behavior, but they're 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 the most visible during times of stress, challenge, and uncertainty. That's when they show up the the most visibly because. Because you just you can see them. I mean, other people can see how how impatient or patient you are. Other people can see how how adaptable you are. Right. So, but here's the good news: all of us actually have just come out of a year of great challenge, stress, and uncertainty. 2020 for all of us was it was a time of great challenge, stress, and uncertainty. So, hmm. so we all actually have an experience that we can look on that's quite recent that might allow us to autopsy some of these attributes. Uh, for ourselves, and then and then you can also rewind our lives uh, to to whatever extent we want. We all have gone through challenging times, and all we need to do is kind of just get back into those and, and ask ourselves, okay, how did I show up? And be very try to be objective about it, and not not biased. Be honest with yourself and say, okay, actually, no, I'm not that adaptable. It, it, I really I really hate it when things change. Or no, I'm not resilient enough. I, I don't bounce back as fast as I want to, right? And it's only through that honest self reflection that you can start getting a good sense of it. Hmm. Yeah, I remember doing a, uh, it might have been a Maya Briggs or something like that, um, and it was a quite in-depth um, examination or, or, or survey, whatever you'd like to call it, and it spat out these dark sides, they called it, um, and they were the, you know, the negative aspects of your character that came out under stressful situations. 
Um, yeah. And then that, that, that obviously then became your focus to go, okay, well, I need to focus on this so they don't come out because it's not ideal or conducive to the, the situation, you know? Yeah, and I think those are great. I think, I think the only thing about personality tests is that personality, I would argue, is, um, is a combination of many things. It's not just attributes. Certainly attributes are part of a personality, but hmm. the personalities are also shaped by, uh, by your family environment, your school environment, your values, your beliefs, your religious th- beliefs. I mean, that all of this, you get a, a myriad of different things stacking on someone, their identity, stacking on to start shaping a personality. This is why we... We tend not to start seeing personalities in people until they're uh, until they're a bit more uh, until they have a, a few more years on them. Whereas we can see these elemental attributes fairly fairly quickly in someone's life. So so I think uh, I'm just really interested in getting to the to some of the atomic levels of yeah. of behavior. So are there any? I mean, as far as like you, you stated before, that some of these attributes for a particular career path may not be essential to, to focus on, and actually may be detrimental for that particular path. But are there any common attributes that that you've found that most successful people carry? Does that make sense? It does, and I would say that um, I would say if I were to, I would say that the the most common for most successful people are probably a predominance of the grit attributes and a predominance of the drive attributes are are what most successful people have a lot of because any type of endeavor that you need to kind of pursue and 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 succeed in is going to take courage, perseverance, adaptability, and resiliency, and it's going to take self-efficacy, discipline, open-mindedness, cunning, and narcissism. So, and so I think those are the two categories that are probably a little bit more ubiquitous for 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 people who are consistently successful. Good. Okay. So with grit, um, courage, perseverance, adaptability, and resilience—is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Um, how do you train yourself to be more adaptable? <laughs> throw throw yourself into environments of of um of uh, change. That, that that change without your control and then see if you can adapt um uh you know I, I mean it happens to us no matter what the life tends to i mean nothing in this universe nothing in the known universe as far as we i think we know doesn't change over time <laughs> so um so i think just as human beings we are adaptable but i mm. but i would say um you know yeah find you know go on vacation and just you know do something that you you know do something that someone else suggests without you knowing it or whatever and see if you, you do something weird or fun or or even a little bit scary well i mean i think that might be that might that might help doesn't have to be life-threatening but um but certainly so really uh, this this whole grit i mean i guess they're probably most like this but grit is to find new and uncomfortable situations and put yourself in there as much as you can yeah, do tough stuff. That's what I would say. To to practice grit, all the grit attributes, it's it's find and do tough stuff. Uh, and 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 actually in the courage. Does it have case, to be yeah. tough stuff, or just can it just be different? Like you know, they say you know drive a different way to to work every day. Well, so okay, so so that's where we start getting into nitty gritty, right? If you want to practice, if you're going to drive the different way, that's adaptability, right? Yeah. If you want to practice your perseverance, it's going to have to be tough stuff, right? Because mm. perseverance involves. A, uh, a tenacity Endurance. and a um, and a persistence and a fortitude, right? So, so perseverance is going to involve have to involve something that's tougher, right? If you're if you're going to uh, practice courage, the activity is going to have to involve fear because courage does not exist without fear. You know, it, it, courage has to for courage to show up, there has to be fear involved, right? So, 
Um, and then resiliency, you know, that's just, you know, you, you know, to, to the resiliency is you get, you get knocked off, off baseline. That's how fast, how quickly can you get back to baseline? So, so that right. typically is going to involve some sort of toughness, fear, something challenging to knock you off your, your normal baseline. So, so yeah, you can practice them individually without it being say tough or, or scary, but if you want to practice, um, you know, again, each attribute is going to require some sort of discomfort in, in whatever vein it is. So really, if you really want to develop that grit factor, you've got to have something that promotes some sort of fear, something that's really hard uh, and enduring, yep. uh, something that's different and new, and then and something that's going to knock you down a few times. Yeah. So failure you can failure is good. Field training is always available if you're if – you <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of other things you can do as well. What's the next best thing for the uh, the average person other than SEAL training? Well, again, so that's contextual because, again, what, what hmm. for example, just take courage. What scares one person right. doesn't scare another person, right? So, so you know, someone might um, be totally okay with heights. So skydiving is not going to really be something that induces a lot of fear, but you put them underwater scuba diving and they're, they're, they're terrified, right? Yeah. Or vice versa, right? So, so it's, you know, it, this is why it becomes very subjective and contextual to the human being hmm. um, because we just, we just process the world differently, uh, whoever we are. So you have to really do that, do that calculus yourself. Yeah, okay. So, and again, it's a lot of self-reflection in this and um, self, self-drive. Let's talk about the drive category. Yeah, absolutely. So drive, drive speaks to, so while, while grit speaks to kind of the ability to, push through, um, usually shorter, shorter term things like, you know, power through, push through, persevere through shorter term things. Drive speaks to this idea that we can set, pursue and achieve the long term type goals. Right. Um, and so it starts with self-efficacy, which is really a, uh, a mixture of, uh, of, uh, of initiative, um, of confidence, initiative, and optimism, right? So in other words, the confidence right. to say, I can do this, the initiative to get started, and then the optimism to say, and I kind of call it realistic optimism, to say, hey, I may not have all the answers, and I don't know the entire pathway, but as I go, I'm, I'm optimistic, I'll figure it out, right? Yeah. That Those three things combined give us a sense of self-efficacy. Uh, so it starts there. Discipline it takes, and this is interesting because um, I had to separate when I was when I was kind of deconstructing discipline. I had to separate discipline from self-discipline because they're not the same things. So the discipline of drive speaks to kind of long-term goals and objectives, whereas self-discipline speaks to these goals that 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 we can achieve that the external world has no say in. Right. So, for example, you and I could say, "Well, we want to eat healthy and get in shape." Okay. Well. Well, the external world has zero say in whether or not we accomplish that goal. That's just us um, against the buffet, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, the, but the buffet is not throwing the pastries at us, right? It's all on us, right? So, so self-discipline involves uh, those goals that the external world does not have a say. Discipline involves those goals that the external world does have a say, right? So this is the becoming Navy SEAL, writing a book, being the top executive, being an athlete, whatever that external world, whatever that goal is. The external world is going to have a say, and it's going to knock you down. It's going to have you're going to have to navigate things in the external world uh, to to achieve that. And so, I had to separate this because we 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 know there are people out there, and I'm actually someone who's very very good on discipline, but but I I have miserable self discipline. <laughs> you know, it's really hard for me. That's um, interesting. 
Um, whereas we know people who are highly self-disciplined, right? They, they may be, I mean, they're, they're extremely good shape. They go to the gym every day. They eat right, all that stuff, but they can't get any long-term goals even off the starting line, right? So wow. you can be, you can be highly self-disciplined, but not have a lot of overall discipline and you can be highly disciplined and not have a lot of self-discipline because, you know, you put, put, put a rock star, like a famous, any famous rock star into that category. Um, now obviously the best is a mix between the two, but discipline overall is that ability to kind of push through and, and, achieve, and not get, as you're moving, not get crushed by the lows and not get seduced by the highs and keep going. So that's discipline. That's um, really, um, really interesting. Cause I, I consider myself a disciplined person, but I've never really known the difference between the discipline and self-discipline. And now that you explain it, that makes a, a lot of sense. So with yourself being a disciplined person, you are probably very good at getting up at, at the right time, you know, folding your clothes, polishing your boots, all that sort of thing. But no, where did... I'm not, no, I'm not because I'm not self-disciplined. I'm, oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm good at becoming a Navy SEAL. I'm good at setting a goal when I'm in high school to become a Navy SEAL and, and making it there. But, but when it comes to forcing myself to, you know, work out every day and, and, and eat the right thing and do all the stuff, that is very, very difficult for me. And I think once I got to the training, it was actually easier for me because I was being told what to do. I was like in an environment where it was forcing me to do that, right? I didn't have to rely on myself. So, so yeah, there's a difference. Well, they had that accountability there and, and, and right. command. So that would be a good way to develop self-discipline then. That would be, yeah. And I would say anybody who feels like they're like me and they're low on self-discipline, there are, there are tricks. The way I hack into my self-discipline is I set smaller goals and mm. I, I work towards smaller goals and I try to set the environment. I try to set conditions that assist my self-discipline. So if I, yeah. if I want to stop drinking beer, <laughs> you know, for example, then I won't put beer in the house. It'll, it'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it tough to, to kind of succumb to some of those things. And so, so there yeah. are ways you can hack it if you're a little bit low. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. The um, going back to the other one, self-efficacy. With you said optimism, is there any um, disadvantages to being too optimistic? Uh, yes, you have to have realistic optimism because if you're if you're if you're too optimistic, you're not you're not appropriately preparing for the inevitable challenges that are going to come along the way, right? So. So, I mean, you and I could plant a garden and we could say there, there shall be no weeds and I shall have a bounty, right? And, and we're going to be disappointed if we do nothing else. Um, or we could say, hey, I'm going to plant the garden, but I'm, I'm optimistic it's going to grow, uh, but I'm going to be realistic about the fact that I have to put some work into it. Or I'm optimistic that I can take this long road trip in my car. I'm going to be realistic by putting a couple of extra cans of gas in the, in the back, in the trunk, so, so I know, or, or an extra a spare tire, right? So... So there has to be some optimism with realism, or else, um, or else you get into you know, la la land. You get in trouble, and you don't you don't want to spill into pessimism because pessimism pessimism will stifle initiative, right? Um, if you're too pessimistic, you won't even get started. You know, so if you're too optimistic, you might get started too fast, and you might be sprinting when you should be walking. And if you're too pessimistic, you might not even get started. So it has to be a balance. Hmm, I like it. And what about narcissism? Yeah. So, that so yeah. So there's so the, the, but real quick. There's open-mindedness, uh, which is really quite simple. You keep an open mind. The open, the closed mm. mind is a is a is a certain mind, right? And to, and to 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 be any to have any type of success and drive, you need to actually be open-minded to possibility. Um, cunning, which is just the ability to see outside perceived con- uh, uh, boundaries and constraints, because oftentimes we when we 
when we're stepping into what seems to be a problem, we're we're imagining boundaries and constraints that may not exist, right? So the ability to see outside outside those, hmm. yeah, and it it can be pejorative. I'm obvious it's, if it's used maliciously cunning can be a bad thing that's where i always like when i listen to hear cunning i just think sort of a negative association yeah that's that's typical um but you know again cunning used positively is the ability to really think outside the box that's what it is i mean i think one of the navy seals most um most uh prominent qualities uh, are is the fact that most of us are cunning i mean because we're 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 in an environment where we need to always think outside the the preconceived rules right because we're you know we're, we're designed to do a job that most other people can't do or do do something that seems impossible right so so cunning when used um positively is are the, is really the, it's the seeds of innovation you know mm. by thinking outside boundaries right so it's it can be positive um oh, and then narcissism okay. which of course is a is a pejorative word <laughs> because there is in fact a disorder <laughs> called narcissistic personality disorder which is a bad thing um but narcissism, just in a general sense, is the is the desire to stand out, to be recognized and be adored, and and um, and you know ultimately when you look at uh, the psychology, the DSM five, which is kind of the psychology bible, and it describes narcissistic personality disorder, um, and you read that, which I did, they give you about nine criteria, like sentences that they say if you have, if you can say yes, if you can say yes or agree to to five or more of these. You you you're, you typically have the disorder, and of course I read through those, and I didn't have five or more. But when I read through them, I, I couldn't help but say, well, some of them I have sometimes, right? So I wasn't completely like no, no, no. And then I kind of thought back, okay, why the heck did I become a Navy SEAL in the first place? And you know, I was a 22 year old kid, and of course I was patriotic, and I wanted to, you know, serve my country. But I really kind of also wanted to be a badass. I wanted to see if I could do something that very few people could do, and so. And so narcissism, when you look at it, especially neurologically, mm. when we are infants and getting paid attention to and, uh, and adored by our parents or anybody else, we are, getting, we are getting hits of three very powerful chemicals, two neurotransmitters and one uh, hormone. <clears throat> We're getting the neurotransmitter dopamine, which we all know is the feel-good chemical that says, this is good, keep doing this, right? We're getting serotonin, which is kind of a, a chemical that makes us feel safe and, um, and it's, kind of, it's, a, it's a bonding thing. Um, and then we're getting oxytocin, which is a hormone that is known as the love hormone, right? It's a it's a bonding hormone that um, you know that we exchange when we're you know physical touch or acts of kindness, right? So we're getting all three of those chemicals just when we're getting paid attention to and adored, right? Even as babies. Well, that doesn't stop when we're adults, which means all of us at some point in our lives want to feel special, want to feel adored, want to be paid attention to. Um, and so I think. What I wanted to do was just rec- just kind of outline and, and highlight the humanness of narcissism and say that if if you you know the the seed of audacious goals sometimes comes from a little bit of narcissism and that's okay mm. if it's managed right um, because if it's not managed if it's mismanaged then it's a bad thing um, but it can be managed and one of the ways we can manage it is to surround ourselves with people who love us and trust us and pull us in right and and and, and kind of take us down a notch when we need to be taken down a notch. They, we're not, we're not the center of attention. They're not, we're not surrounding ourselves with sycophants, right? So, so we can inoculate ourselves from going too overboard on narcissism, uh, just by surrounding ourselves with the right people. But, but the idea is, is, is let's, let's just recognize and celebrate our humanness. And if we can use and metabolize a little bit of narcissism to achieve some audacious goals, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well explained. That makes perfect sense. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, mate, look, lots of lots of uh, lots of um, great great wisdom, I guess, shared in this book, and certainly we'll stick a link in the show notes for everyone to pick up a copy and have a read. Um, I've got a few quick round questions that I usually ask people on the show, um, so I might just jump into those. And the first one I'm going to ask you is: is what sort of routine or ritual do you have that has helped with your success? Uh, probably gratitude is the one that I've tried to use as consistently as possible. <laughs> um, if we well, first of all, gratitude, the, the, the emotion, the feeling of gratitude is one of the most powerful feelings in terms of just the, the, the chemicals, uh, the neurotransmitters and hormones that, that, it, that it emits in our body, in our systems, true gratitude. So it's really, really good for us. Mm. Um, but it's also the fastest way out of depression <laughs> known to man. I mean, it really is. And, um, and so I try to be grateful. I try to make sure I'm hugging and kissing my wife and kids as, you know, every day, if not multiple times a day and, and just, uh, being very grateful for everything I have. So how do you, I mean, great example, hugging your wife and kids and, and doing it as much as you can, showing your gratitude towards them. What else do you do to practice gratitude? Do you have a particular like, journaling or time of the day? Yeah, admittedly, I don't journal. It is, journaling is the one thing that I always recommend people should do that I don't. <laughs> and it's only because I have no self-discipline that I don't, right? I don't, I can't get myself started. But but um, but no, I, I just try to I try to when I think of it, which I can most most days, but especially when I'm you know around my family, which you know you know another great thing you know another benefit of COVID was we got to be around our families even more. Yeah, um, it's just to recognize, or if I start feeling down or 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 depressed for some reason, I really just I try to stop immediately and say, wait a second, you know, just just stop and, and ask yourself, Hey, what am I grateful for now? Because there's a lot, there's a lot. And so I, I just try to implement it when I can. That's cool. Really like it. Going back to the self-discipline part, uh, do you find some areas you're, you're more disciplined or self-disciplined than others? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty clean, <laughs> you know? So like I, I make my bed every day. That's I'm pretty self-disciplined that way. I think, you know, to, to, for me, that type of order helps sometimes with just with just a little bit of my mental state. Um, it's yeah. just to, to stay ordered. Um, I do try to I tr- I do really try to exercise every day, or at least get outside and breathe fresh air every day. Um, but yeah. if I can exercise um, consistently, I, I try to do that. That's those are the, the ways I I, um, I I would say I try to really be as self disciplined as possible. Yeah, I like it. What advice would you give your twenty year old self? Um, I would give, uh, I would say be resolute in your, in your outcome, but be flexible in the approach. And, um, hmm. and what that means is, uh, well, I, 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 I related to the rock climber, the rock climbers, you know, can, can teach us a lot about this. Um, the rock climber will, will stand at the base of a, of a cliff or mountain and look up and say the top, that is my outcome. Right. And then begin to maybe even visually map what they, what route they may take. Um, and then begin to climb. But every rock climber will tell you that as they climb, as, they, as they're looking for the best handholds and footholds, that original route that they thought is going to change, right? They're going to have to base it on what they're seeing in the moment. And, um, and sometimes the best next handhold and, football and, and foothold um, is like to the left and down, right? Which means they're going to have to move away from their goal, away from the outcome to achieve the next path up. You know, which which is which is congruent with sometimes the goals we set for ourselves, right? Yeah. Sometimes in the in the pursuit of our goals, it's going to feel like we're moving away from our goal for the moment. But but we have to recognize that 
that's also it's probably because we're just we have to find a better foothold and a handhold, right? So so um, so be resolute in the outcome. Always be resolute in where you're going, but just know that as you go, it's going to change. Don't never never expect that the pathway you think is going to get you there is is going to be that pathway, and that's going to be a key to success. Yeah, I like it. How do you define success? Um, I define success by uh, by well-being, you know, and by well-being is are you happy, healthy, uh, feel at peace, um, loved, grateful, um, and if I if, if those things exist, I think yeah. that's that's overall well-being. And um, yeah. and for me, I'll add on to that if I'm challenging myself a little bit. So yeah, yeah, okay. And do you have a particular skill or technique, resource, etc., that might help you improve your overall productivity? Um, I'll, the, the thing I do that I've done since since I was in high school is I do something called ask better questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, and the reason is this: we are neurologically designed to answer questions. That's how our brain figures out the world. And um, and when we consciously ask a question, we consciously lodge a question into our frontal lobe. Um, our brain begins to come up with answers, whether we like it or not. It just starts to answer that question. You can do this. You can do anybody can do this experiment. They can write down a question on a sheet of paper, whatever it is, and just start writing down what pops in their head. Okay, their their brain is going to start coming with answers. Some of those answers are going to be ridiculous, but your brain's going to do it. The That's problem so is, good. Yeah, I love yeah, it. The the problem is sometimes and oftentimes we do this and we do this without thinking about it. We do it the wrong way. We ask ourselves things like, "Why am I so bad at this?" or "Why does this always happen to me?" or why are all these people out to get me? Okay. As soon as you lodge that question into your frontal lobe, you will begin to come up with answers. And some of them will be quite ridiculous. Um, and so I learned uh, early on that we can take charge of the questions we ask ourselves and we can ask better ones. Um, mm-hmm. And we can ask things like, what am I great at? Um, what can I do to learn or grow? Um, who's out there who can help me? And if you ask those questions, you will also come up with answers. And so I've never met any high-performing team or high-performing human that does not consistently ask better questions and i'm a true believer that the quality of our lives is directly proportional to the quality of the questions we consistently ask ourselves yeah love it i think that could be your next book (laughs) it might be yeah (laughs) that's great no great advice uh if i was to serve you your last meal what would you request uh probably sushi i love sushi me too what gives you what activity gives you the greatest sense of joy well, definitely being with my family, vacationing yeah. with my family, or having my family around me. Um, if I take if I take the people out of it, I love uh, I love running in the woods just by myself with no headphones, with no clock, and just thinking. I just love doing it, and so um, so that's a and I love driving. You know, any you know, operating any type of motor vehicle brings me great joy. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, would you have a book that you'd recommend other than your own for um, you know, future generations? One book that you've you know has stood out to you? Yeah, I tell you, one of my favorites of all time is *Sapiens* by Harari. In fact, of all, all of Harari's stuff, I love. Um, yeah. But uh, but the history of humankind is uh, it just I love the way he breaks down the species. So yeah, he does it so well, doesn't he? Yeah. Great books. Um, cool, mate. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Best way for people to reach you is just through the website, theattributes.com. Yeah, and there you can find the book. You can find the, t- the assessment tool. I'm also on Instagram, and, and you can find my Instagram handle there as well as LinkedIn. But I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Um, and you can find all that on the website. So that's a great place to go. That's so good. 
Mate, um, yeah, loved it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, check it out at thehiddenwide.com. All the show notes links will be there. And, um, yeah, appreciate, appreciate you, Rich, coming on. Yeah, thank you, brother. Have a wonderful day. I'm just ending mine, but you have a wonderful day out there. So, Cheers, eh? Until next All time, right. peace, passion, and purpose. Cheers. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon